One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hey, Gator Nation. Welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is episode 64. And of course, it is Florida Georgia week, guys, down there in Jacksonville. Big time weekend for the Gators and a big time game. As always, I'm your boy Hirsch and with me, CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the hype man Wes couldn't be with us tonight, guys. He has a family emergency. And we do ask if you are a praying kind of person, you know, send up a prayer tonight for Wes and his family. They could desperately use it with, with some stuff they got going on. Um, not going to go into details any further than that, but just keep him in your thoughts and your prayers, and he'll be back with us next week. So with that being said, guys, before we jump into it, as always, make sure you go out, download us wherever you get your podcast from. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Got a lot to talk about. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, this is your first time visiting the channel or you visited a couple times. You've been on the fence, man. You're like, I don't know. They maybe not. Maybe go ahead this time. Hit that subscribe button. Drop a like on the video and give your score prediction for Florida, Georgia in the comments below, guys. We look forward to seeing all the varying opinions on how this game might go down. And before we jump into it, guys, we just want to say one more time, guys, if you would check us out on our Patreon, respect our decision, guys, please support us there as creators. If you can, if not, we understand that, man, we all got bills to pay. We all got things going on in life. Every dollar we make from our Patreon goes to keep this show going. We appreciate you. Thank you as always. Thank you for all your listens and engagements. We appreciate it. All right. Let's jump right into it. Before we get to Georgia, Florida, though, Florida, Georgia, excuse me, I said it wrong. Somebody's going to eat me up in the comments because yeah, I did that. Right. I live in Georgia, guys. It's 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 hard for me sometimes just because of that. Yeah, it is. I, I'm 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 Ray Charles. Georgia is always on my mind. You know how it is. Um, the Gators got a win on Saturday. Hirsch, the Gators didn't play on Saturday. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the Gators. Already get a victory over Georgia and Florida State in the same weekend and Auburn and Miami, if you want to include them just for pettiness, as big-time defensive line recruit L.J. McCray from Daytona out of Mainland High School commits to the Florida Gators. Guys, this is an absolutely huge commitment for Billy Napier, Coach Chaos, Armstrong, all of that. Man, Number 57 over on the composite. I don't think that even tells the whole story because Rivals has him ranked ridiculously low right now. Think Jamonta Waller in on three, except, I mean, LJ McCray meets all the measurables. You can't say he's too short, 6'6". You can't say he's too light, he's 260. Um, 
I'm sure next time they do a, a, a rankings. Yeah, rankings. Rivals Rivals waits later than everybody else. They wait until after their entirety of the, the senior season before they do re-rankings. So it's not that they just don't. They just, That's just how they You're how looking they at a kid that just recently in 247 jumped up top 10. On right. three, top 10. So this is a kid that is dramatically on the rise. Now he's committed to Gators. I know a lot of y'all are going to be saying, well, he's about to drop now. But, you know, hey, regardless of all that, we know what happened. We know this cannot be understated, guys. This is big boy recruiting at an elite level to get this prospect. Florida State thought they had him. (laughs) 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 So, um, it's just like I'm still excited from this. I'm getting a little – I just stuttered up talking about it. CJ – we said it on the show last week that we felt good. We had a little bit of, I don't want to say all the way insider information, but we've talked to some people that said, hey, don't worry, LJ's done. And you ask them again a week later, hey, don't worry about it, LJ's done. And you kind of keep hearing the Florida State buzz and, and Wilt Fong and those guys saying, oh, we've heard buzz for FSU, we've heard this, we've heard that. Not hearing a lot about Florida, but the guys at Florida kept saying, don't worry about it. It's done. And they were right the entire time. How big, I mean, obviously I've already stated it's pretty huge, <laughs> but how big of this is this is outside of DJ Lagway, is this the biggest recruiting win of this cycle? I think you I think you could say that. Um, I think, you know, as far as like everybody else that was gunning for him. Um, you know, Phil Samee is probably the other guy that you look at, but Phil Samee was that was really over, quiet, uh, over, over and done, no problem at all. Kid, kid, pick where he wants. No to drama, go no, no message board, no random. bags, no nothing. <laughs> the only thing we got to worry about him is going to a state fair to get a corn dog and watch a football game. <laughs> um, but no, this is this is about on level with DJ Lagway when you talk about a massive recruitment in the the sense too that. Like you said, everybody that we had talked to that is in the know, that knows somebody that knows somebody, was very, very sure of themselves in this situation, which was weird because the national media had it anything but. Um, you know, they, they were Georgia, Florida State. Uh, you know, I heard, I think there was even rumblings of a late Miami push at one point. I think the people had talked about that. But nobody in – in Gatorland, in our side of it, everybody seemed pretty steadfast. Nobody was really worried. Um, you know, Florida's been recruiting the kids since he was in middle school almost. You know, that was a guy that was on the radar. Uh, they've been recruiting him longer, I think, than anybody else. I think that went a long way with him. But, you know, they did everything they needed to do. They won this uh, when you talk recruitments and you talk, you know, winning these recruiting battles. You know, you don't want it. You, <laughs> this is a, this is one of those things where when people talk about the wanting to recruit better, you know, this is this is what you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to fight off schools for these kids. They're not three star projects that you can offer them, and then they look at their list and they've got Rutgers and um, you know Ball State on there, and th- they get a Florida offer, and it's a no brainer. These are kids with big offers from big schools. This is going to be difficult. Um, and to get LJ McCray is is big. LJ is a is a heck of a ball player. He's a guy that can come in, and as we've seen from our other guys that have come in on the defensive line, can come in and make an immediate impact. Can get rotated in right away. He can be a guy that you're going to see next year a ton, just like you see Kelby Collins and TJ Cersey and those guys. So um, definitely a big win. Uh, it, it's probably one of the biggest of this, this season. And this really, to me, and I don't want to speak too soon, but this really feels like this helps solidify Florida for a top five class. I feel like this is this has got us kind of firm footing. Still a few more guys left on the board, of course, but this feels like this has us in, in a good spot to where we really can't drop out of that top five, which is kind of where we've all wanted to be. Is, is within that top five. Of course, you want to be number one. Everybody wants to be number one. But you look at who's number one, and we're right below them. We're number two, but we've got a high blue chip percentage. We've got something stupid like 77%. Georgia's got 81. It's insanely high. I mean, you, you know, you're right there. You look at other classes that are down there um, that, that don't really meet that. You know, Florida State being one, Florida State 
when you look at their class, uh, they've got about extremely eight, top heavy. They've got about eight guys who are you know four stars and up to thirteen guys that aren't, and that's you know it's really top heavy. Of course, with Florida State, they're probably their goal is to really not take a bunch of guys that they would be upset to cut because they want to put portal guys in there. That's the way they're doing things. It's working for them. I mean, hey, you know, whatever. That's their strategy. But that's what it kind of seems like on the outside. You get a few talented guys at the top, fill the rest of the spots with the portal. You got a few project guys. If they work out, great. If they don't, then you can send them up the road. But Florida is is investing fully into the idea of high school recruiting, which is what everybody believes is, is the exact recipe to to be a champion. Uh, to be a contender is you've got to recruit well out of high school. This portal thing is too uncertain. Um, there's too much, you know, variety in it. There's not enough, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. It's a mixed bag every year. You could have great and players. You could have some I, not so great players. And I had another, I had another wrinkle to that that just popped in my brain as you say that. What if next year the NCAA, you've, you're Florida State and you build your roster this way. And then next year the NCAA, for whatever reason, makes one of their silly, you know, out of the blue loop rule changes, you're you're screwed on a long-term projection because all of a sudden maybe you can't add 10, 12, 13 guys from the portal to Yeah, play, maybe they you know. cap how many portal guys you can bring. Yeah, who knows? The but, NCAA you know, can do anything. I mean, we've seen them do crazy stuff before, change the rules. On the fly, every year, every year. And that's what I'm saying, like – the, the old school way to me is always the best way. It's the way Georgia built their roster. It's the way Alabama built their roster. You, you get talent on top of talent on top of talent. This is like we've said it over and over. This is an extremely young roster from top to bottom. At the end of the season, with the exception of some surprise portal guys that we're not going to go into speculating on right now, you know, and you can probably guess you've, you've got two eyes on who's not playing and who is. Right. Um, you're not going to lose a lot of guys through attrition. So if you take 25, 26 kids in this class, you're only going to have room for two to four portal guys, maybe fives, you know, six, depending on if a couple of surprise guys enter. I mean, you know, you're, you're really, but that's how it should be. Talent, young talent, young talent. Okay. You know what? We need, a right tackle so we can slide Damian George to guard. Let's go find an elite, not elite, but a solid, you know, road grading left right tackle. Let's go find a, another safety player or a linebacker or a receiver, like to replace Rick. You know, there's, that's where you can get where you can be picky about it and say, we only need two or three things. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're not having to rely on, you know, Colorado type 10, 15 guys. Yeah, 10, 15 out, 20 in. <laughs> right. You know, Kick three Florida more State's out. <laughs> doing the same thing. Florida State's getting 10 guys in the portal. I mean, it, it, you know, depending on what the NCAA does, I mean, they might not do anything. I, I don't know. That's, that's the thing with the, you, with the you NCAA. Can't, you, can't, you can't bet on it. That's the thing. Right. Because if, like I said, if they came out next year and you said, oh, you know what? This transfer portal thing's out of control. It's not working the way we intended it to work. Um, and they say, all right, we're kept, like you said, say this is a very theoretical thing, guys. Mm-hmm. We're not, don't, don't, you know, we understand that they might not do any of this stuff. We, we get that. We're just saying it's, there, there's a big ifs here in this strategy. But what if the NCAA came out next year and said, you know what, you can only take 10 guys in the portal from now on? That's, we're capping you at 10. Very theoretical. We're making, we're playing make believe here on the mm-hmm. Spectre Decision podcast. And Florida State, Mike Norvell and company's like, God dang, well, we didn't sign enough talent mm-hmm. to, to, to account for that. We're expecting to take 13, 14 kids in the portal. Yeah, obviously, a lot of this is, is just, you know, <laughs> make believe, but it, it, Billy is prepared for something like that. Because Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, obviously prepared for something like that. You, Ohio State, you've recruited, you've recruited, you've recruited. And you've just filled your stopgap holes until maybe that young guy that you don't think is quite ready yet. Uh, right tackle, go back to right tackle. Caden Jones, we really think there's a lot of future for Caden Jones, but he's a two-year process, you know, project. Gonna bring in a one-year guy, right tackle, slide George to right guard, you know, theoretically, and and hey, and we're rocking and rolling, right? 
And, and it makes it where you don't have to spend as much time researching all these portal guys too. Like you're not having to go out and look at 30, 40, 50 guys in the portal because you're only going after four to five at max anyway. And to me, that's just a much better blueprint for success, especially in a long-term rebuild like we're doing because you've seen it, man. The, like you talk to LJ McCray, talk about LJ McCray and what he probably saw with Florida that he may not have seen with Florida state and Georgia. Hey, Georgia, it's talent on talent on talent. He probably won't see the field next year or the year after. You brought up this about Florida State in our in the chat where we talk up every day. He goes Florida State and they bring in a transfer. He sits behind him. Well, who's say they don't bring in another transfer the year after that? They've got a lot of kids on Florida State's roster that have been there a long time and have not played due to them bringing in a lot of guys who have transferred. Uh, that's just the the nature of what they're doing. And again, Florida State's winning. You know what yeah, they're doing. I, nothing is about their season them. this year. I'm not. I can't. I'm not, I can't I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything that they're doing is wrong. I'm just saying it's different. And so you look at it. You know, is it the way that I would do it? No, but that's what's working for them. You know, different well, strokes for different folks. The real. I would say that the real grade on what they're doing, if it's good or not, will come next year because they lose so much of these guys they've brought in. And if they can't have another year in the portal where they're grabbing this guy, a Keon Coleman and the defensive tackles that they grabbed and the offensive lineman and Jaheim Bell, who ain't done crap anyway, but, you know, they raved about him when they got him. Um, you can't go out and grab, all, you know, if you grab out, if you don't grab enough pieces to replace all these pieces, they're going to lose after this year. And they may fail, fall off the cliff. I mean, they've had a quarterback for, for seven years now. I mean, he's mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah. he's like you said, he's approaching uh, Chris Winky territory. I mean, you know, it, it, he played with ne- Jonathan Grenard at Louisville. It, <laughs> now, if next year they're seven and zero, eight and zero, rolling into to week eight, eight or nine a season, uh, hey, what they're doing's working. You can't argue it. But you know. It, we'll have to see. Anyway, enough about that, guys. Huge victory over both Georgia, Florida State, getting L.J. McCray. Um, the next question a lot of people have with that is, well, does that, how does that impact Zay Mincy? And the honest answer is, you really don't know. It's They're not a package deal. They're, they're not one of these package deals. Does it hurt? No. there is. It can't hurt because now he's in his ear every day. Right. But does it? Guarantee it? Absolutely not. Uh, Miami, still very much involved. Bama, coming on strong. So this is another one of those battles you want to win. Yeah, It's a big boy recruiting battle. Hey, stay in Florida. Be part of what we're building. Go chase bags at Miami. Or go be, you know, part of what my about Alabama's always been at Alabama. I can't, you know, and you can't almost ever fault anybody for going to Alabama. But Another big, you know, hey, it's on to the next, as they say, you know. Uh, all right, can't celebrate one recruiting battle too long because you got to move on to the next. And with that being said, you know, obviously the rules have changed of, of Georgia Florida weekend to where now you can have recruits at the game. They can't be on the sideline. Uh, coaches can't converse with them and all that. Not a whole lot of huge, you know, advantage to this, but they can be in the game. They can be on your side. Um, they can, you know, be in the Florida Gators section of seats. I'm sure they have. I don't know how exactly they did it last year. I, it was Georgia's weekend last year because they were the home team. So Georgia could have recruits. This year, it's us. So we're going to just give you a small list of guys that as of now are either said they're going to be at the game or are possibly going to be at the game. Uh, one, Alabama commitment, Jameer Grimsley, defensive back, a guy that we've feverishly been on to trying to flip out of uh, Tampa. So good to have him visit. You know, you want to put on a good show for him. Um, <laughs> Jarrett Gibson is rumored to be there. He's going to try. Once again, I don't really know why other than maybe he's just trying to get in as many free football games as he can before he leaves. You know, the kid grew up a Gators fan. Maybe he just really likes coming to watch the Gators play before he moves to Texas because he's going to Texas. (laughs) 
Uh, Kendall Jackson, Florida Gator commit. Adarius Hayes. Uh, big time to have Adarius Hayes back and, you know, watching a Gator game. Uh, tight end Amir Jackson out of Portal, Georgia, who recently just, uh, you know, Auburn was after this kid very hard, and he came out this week and said, I'm done. I've seen all I need to see. I'm a Gator. Big time news. Miles Graham will be there with his mom and dad. Uh, Nasir Johnson will be there, which is big. He was in Athens last weekend or the weekend before he was in Athens. So good to get him back. Uh, his family are Georgia fans. <laughs> He's going to be wearing Gator gear. Kind of awkward, but hey, we'll take it. He's, you know, uh, Josiah Davis, Mike Williams, Florida Gator commit. Um, and then we get into some interesting names. Uh, Makai Burrow will be back visiting the Gators as a Gator visitor. You know, they decommitted from us a month and a month or so ago, and we thought maybe he was going to flirt with Georgia a little bit, but now it looks like he may rejoin the class. We need him. Big-time defensive tackle. We'll, you know, hey, let bygones be bygones. Right. Um, Michigan commitment, um, Justin Denson will be there. Don't really think – I think Justin Denson is a fallback plan way down the – way down the line. He's one of those kids you could probably call up next week and say, hey, you you want in the class? And he'd flip his commitment, you know, fast as your morning pancakes. Um, Some 2025 kids that'll be in the house. First off, um, five-star wide receiver, Alabama commitment, Jamie French would be there. That's a big one. Obviously, real hard to flip kids from Bama. Um, that kid – Big-time receiver, probably the best in the state next year. Solomon Thomas, offensive tack- tackle right there out of Jacksonville. Great to keep getting this kid to come to Gator games. We need him. He's a top tw- He's a top 30 prospect right now, currently in the 2025 class. Uh, Jalen Wiggins, four-star defensive tackle out of Tallahassee, coming to see us. Four-star safety, Hilton Stubbs, coming to see us. out of. Uh, he's also out of um, Mandarin High School, same high school as Jamie French. And um, safety, um, Devin Jackson out of Winter Garden will be there as well. And those are just the names that are that are on the plate right now. There's supposed to be a lot more, but you know how these things kind of roll out slow in the last minute. Some kids don't want it to be known they're coming to Gators games. I, I think there's, you know, they're trying to get Robinson maybe to visit again, the, the defensive tackle committed to Texas. But, you know, you kind of got to play wait and see with that. Like I said, guys, there's not a whole lot about – I mean, it's good to have these kids come and watch, but the, the biggest thing is you want to put on a good show for them. You want to have a good showing on the field. You want to, you know, sell them that, hey, we got something young coming up. See all these young guys out there playing. You know, hey, 12, 13 true freshmen played against number one team in the country. We, you know, and we put on a good show for you. It's, it's what you can hope for. So – with that being said, guys, let's talk a little Florida Georgia weekend. <laughs> um, at least we've maybe moved away from the must win. You know, it seemed like every week somebody threw the moniker of this is as close to a must win game as you can have. Um, I, I think this week, if I don't think anybody's going to be saying this is a must win game, I hope not. <laughs> um. You know, I've watched all the talking heads in the last few days. I, I watched Josh Pate a little bit earlier talk about this game, and I really like what Josh Pate had to say about it. And as that is, you know, depending on where you look at, we're a 14 and a half, 15 point uh, underdog to Georgia. And he just doesn't see it. And you know what? I don't either. I've watched, and I, you know, due to my wife being a huge Georgia fan, yes, I'm saying it out loud again. Um, I've watched pretty much every minute of Georgia football this year. And I know, CJ, you've watched a lot, too, because we've commented on it. We've been watching during the game. Uh, Wes is real big at saying, oh, look, Georgia's losing. They're going to lose. And we're like, right, let, let halftime get here, and then we'll talk about it. We, the Auburn game was a big one. He he thought it was over against Auburn. And I was like, eh, let them get to halftime, and we'll see what happens. And they came out of halftime and and did what Georgia does. I really got a feeling that that now with Brock Bowers out for this game, it's going to be interesting to see what Georgia does on offense. Um, Obviously, they've got talent. We know they've got talent across the board. Uh, The biggest thing is, is can we finally find a way to get some pressure on the quarterback? 
from the defensive standpoint, obviously, and cover routes at the same time. But if we could get some pressure, it would make that coverage a whole lot easier on the back end. CJ, I want to start with this. What do you foresee as the defensive approach that the Gators and Austin Armstrong are going to take in this game? I mean, I'd like to say, you know, I think there hasn't been Georgia, as far as like uh, Carson Beck being pressured against non-blitzes, it's almost like non-existent. When a team doesn't blitz against Georgia, they're not – they're not getting any pressure on Carson Beck. He's able to just stand and throw. Um, so you, you feel like you've got to do that. Like you, you don't have a choice. You've got to find a way to get pressure on him somehow. Um, I will say, too, Georgia not having Brock Bowers, um, early on in the season they were struggling a lot when when they weren't using him. Like uh, Mike Bobo being there now. It was almost like he didn't didn't remember he was there or, you know, what have you. But Georgia was in a lot of closer games than they should have been just because they weren't really throwing the ball to Brock Bowers. Now, on the other side of that, too, Lad McConkey was injured in the first half of the year as well. Um, now he's back. Now Brock's injured. So uh, I expect Lad McConkey to be the bell cow for Georgia. I think their running backs have not. Their running backs have not been super duper impressive, not up to what we expect from running backs at Georgia. Um, you know, the way our defense has played against running the run game, you know, they they'll probably look fine. I mean, they're they're talented guys. We haven't done a lot to stop the run this year, um, but you know, they've got guys there. Uh, they've got Delp, who's a good player. Um, you know, Jack Saint is another guy who's a good player. Um, they've got guys for sure, but McConkey is the guy that I think Georgia's going to run that offense through. Um, I think they use McConkey in a similar way that we use Eugene Wilson um, as just a kind of a guy to get it in his hands, let him make plays. Um, you know, I'm not, that's just their kind of their safety blanket player. Uh, I think if you're going to beat them, that's, that's the first thing you need to do. You need to find a way to at least slow them down using Lad McConkey. Because that guy's tore us up. I mean, he's he's a heck of a ball player. Kid's just a gamer. He just, you know, he's one of those kind of guys with like a motor. He just loves playing football. He's a football player. He's um, he's a less talented Ricky Purcell. Right. He's not he's not like a superior athlete. He's not like this kind of guy that you're like, oh my God, look at his 40 time, look at his vertical, any of that. He's just a guy that makes plays. Uh he reminds me a lot of like Hunter Renfro. Was yes, for Clemson. good comparison. Very uh, good just, comparison. just a guy that gets open. You know, like he's just he really fights for it. So he knows think, his assignments and he plays right. Good sound he does football. his yeah. He does his job uh, and he's going to do his job well. Um, and I think that that's again. I think this is where you look at with the game. That's going to be the guy you're going to have to stop if you can slow Lad McConkey down. Make make uh, Beck make a second read. Maybe you can get to him easier. But I think that that's that's the recipe you got to dial up on defense. I think you got to bracket him. You've got to do what you need to do. Put, put two guys on him, get a safety to spy him, whatever, whatever you need to do. You've got to make sure that that guy isn't killing you because if he is, then it's going to be a long day, but definitely you need, you know, we talk about bringing pressure every week. We sound like a broken record. You know, we want to see the pressure. Uh, And I think we're sending pressure. The pressure is just not getting home. Um, you know, if you we could look at a bevy of different reasons of why, um, you know, it's a lot of it's execution and effort, um, you know, losing losing your assignment, trying to do too much, um, not taking, you know, the easiest route to the quarterback. Sometimes sometimes they make it harder on themselves than than it really needs to be. Um, this is going to be one of those games where defensively Florida is going to have to play the best they've played since. If they show up and play defensively like we played against Tennessee, you're going to be in this game in the fourth quarter. You're going to look up at that scoreboard in the fourth quarter, and it's still going to be a good ball game. And I think that's what you're going to have to do. These guys are just going to have to show up. Maybe with the bye week, we've got some guys with some nagging injuries that have finally kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, I don't know. Uh, but we, that's the hope is some of these guys have had time to rest. Um, we were pretty banged up in a lot of positions. 
just wear and tear. You know, this is your time to, you know, take a week off to come up for air. Um, and this is it now. That's your that's your last chance. So the rest of the year you're going to be grinding it out. So um, definitely, definitely want to see what what we look like health wise coming out of the bye week. Well, that being said, uh, the depth chart just released, and um, I mean it's pretty clean as far as the injury report goes. Caleb Douglas obviously still out. We right, we knew. Right. Um, Thai Chicka Bowman still out. We expected that. Jonathan Odom out. And other than that, everyone's in Kingsley starting. I mean, we'll have to see how it goes. But now that would make golly, he hadn't played since Kentucky. So mm-hmm. that I mean, that's a good month's worth of rest he's had on that ankle. So he should be he's as strong as he's probably gonna get at this point. Right. Um so you're looking at your offensive line intact. You're looking, I mean, obviously, hey, is Devin Moore ready to go? Who knows? I can't answer that. Only Devin Moore's body can answer that, I guess. Hopefully he's had cryotherapy for two weeks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we That's knew. That's a guy that could make a difference if he's healthy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, because, A, you're going to need your safeties to play the best game of the season because of what you said. There's some speed guys in there, obviously. Um, Lad's going to do his job in the middle of the field. He runs incredibly good routes. He'll be the go-to guy. He's a guy that you're going to want to put Jason Marshall on probably. And Jason Marshall's going to have to play, man. He's going to have to play a great game. Castell's going to have to play a great game. Mitchell, if if he's starting at safety, is going to have to play a great game. And I'm assuming he is. I didn't even look. Um, Yes, Miguel Mitchell listed as the starter. Bryce Thornton backing him up. And it's probably going to be an either-or. If you're not getting the job done, next man up. But, I mean, I go back to it, man. I'd really like to see some pressure in this game early and often. Get some shots on Beck. And, no, I'm not hoping for him to get injured or anything like that. Beat him up a little bit. You know, I mean, you don't ever want the guy hurt where he can't play, but you want him beating him up. You want him feeling it. You want him panicking that, oh, is number one coming on my, you know, coming on my backside here? Pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but that that's the kind of things you're gonna need. And look, as I convert to talking about the offensive side of the ball, it seems every year, whatever Kentucky does, Kirby Smart goes, you know what? I'm gonna take Stoops game plan there and I'm just gonna use elite athletes to make it better. <laughs> and that's what we've seen the last few years. So I wouldn't be surprised at all and Josh Pate uh you know, he he said kind of the, some, something very similar to this. You know, hey, the, the lazy take of this would be just to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Because, you know, Kentucky was able to, and they didn't, you know, Georgia obviously has a better offensive line than Kentucky. So you're going to have to man up. Defensive line is going to have to play good. Linebackers are going to have to fill their blocks, I mean, their, their gaps, and get off blocks, not get caught up and let the gaps just blow open and a guy run 20, 30 yards down the field. Because if you can keep Georgia from doing that, you're in, you're in a much better situation. So let's talk about offense for a second. We have seen this offense, especially even since the Kentucky game, increasingly invo- you know evolve. You've seen more and more different plays kind of run, new variations. Um, and I think with an, even an extra week for install – you'll see even more of that. And that's a good thing because, you know, you go back to talking about, well, looking at what Kentucky did and, and expanding on that. Well, since then, we've we've gotten a little different on offense. You've seen a lot of new wrinkles. You've seen Boardingham become a much more, you know, intricate part of the offense. You've seen Trey Wilson, who didn't play much, for, you know, didn't play much versus Kentucky, become an, you know, where's that guy going to be? And you have to account for him. And that's things we have not been able to throw at Georgia the last couple of years that I think makes a big difference. And that with Graham Mertz being very protective of the football. But all those things being said, the offensive line is going to have to play their best game of the season or all of that is for naught. Because once again, and I, I keep harping back to it, but it's it is what it is. Georgia's level of athletes is better than what you've seen so far. So you're going to have to be prepared. They'll probably this is like 
playing Utah basically all over again, except even better athletes, but soundly coached, disciplined. They're going to play their assignments. They're, you know, you're going to have to have a really good game plan for this. And I, I can't wait to see what Billy and company have dialed up that maybe we haven't seen. I just hope they don't try to get too, you know, fancy. We've seen in the last couple games them, you know, getting a little bit fancier than we would like in some situations. What do you think we're going to see, CJ? Again, it's just going to come down to the offensive line. Somebody's got this – is, this is where the game will be won or lost. They have got to get a fire under their ass to go into this game. If you can't get up for this game, then I don't know what you're doing. Like, I don't know why you're even here. This is the one. Emotion can do crazy things to a football team. If they could convince themselves emotionally and, and like, really get involved with that, really get to the point where they're like, we are going to play the best we've played all year, the offensive line could do a better job. I, I, they've got to be just absolutely fired up to play this. Uh, I don't know any way around it. You've got to get emotionally invested here. The offensive line has got to say, damn it, we're not going to get run over again. They're not going to run us over because Georgia will do it. Georgia will certainly run you over. They've got guys all over the place. Uh, they've got great defensive linemen. They've got great linebackers. Their their front seven is is best in the country. I mean, they're they're talented. Yeah. And great safety. And I understand we're not going to we're not we're not out athlete in Georgia. This is going to come down to. You gotta, you gotta step this up. You've got to really get convinced. You want to play this game. Um, you know the old saying. I've said it many times on here. Football doesn't doesn't build character; it reveals it. So you you really got to show what you're made of here. Um, offensively, I'd love to see us be able to run the football. Um, you know that was that's one thing that's so hard to do against Georgia is run the football. Um, you know we we saw Auburn try to do it. Uh, South Carolina tried to do it. Um, you know, Kentucky failed at it. They couldn't run the ball. <laughs> That's really, you know, and I, I don't know exactly what the game plan is going to be, but I'd like to see us use some of the short passes, you know, to the left and to the right to really open up the middle a little bit more to let us run the football. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's the only way you're going to be able to run the ball against Georgia. It's kind of backwards. You know, usually you talk about using the run to open up the pass. I think we're going to have to use the pass to open up the run. I don't, I don't see any other way because I don't think you're going to come, you know, out on that football field rip roaring and, you know, as talented as we have running backs, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, those guys are not going to just bash their head into Georgia and move them out of the way. It just ain't going to happen. Um, I'd like to see Montreal Johnson continue what he's been doing, um, you know, really putting his shoulder down running over guys, you know, Montreal tried to get a little cute there early in the season, and it's just not the kind of back he is. And I think that that's one thing he needs to do is just really be the power back, you know, really try to muscle his way. you got to beat up that defensive line. That way you can come back through with Eugene Wilson and you can come back through with Trevor ECN and let those guys use the flash and dash stuff to really start to gouge them after you beat them up. So there, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Ricky Pearsall, of course, is going to be the guy main. He's going to be super involved. Um, Kirby Smart talked a lot about Ricky Pearsall uh, in his presser. He talked a lot about Graham Mertz in his presser. They have really, uh, they, they, you could tell by the way he talks, they've got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, and that means their defensive game plan is going to treat them like a big deal. Um, so this is going to be this is going to be a big test for these guys. Offensively, you just you know you're just going to have to go into the. And I think this is just the whole game. You know, if you lose, okay. You know, everybody's pretty well expecting you to lose. But, you know, you ain't got nothing to lose in this situation, really. Uh, and nobody's nobody's thinking you're not – nothing's on the line here. You're not going to win a championship this year. You're not going to Atlanta. That's just not this team's destiny this year. We've got a long way to go. So play loose. Play motivated. Play like you got nothing left to give. You know, this is it. This is your football game. Go out on that field. And, and just absolutely play like you're never going to play another snap of football. This is all that matters. 
I, I think that that's the only way you can beat Georgia in this situation. You've got to show up and really give a damn. Absolutely. I, that You couldn't put that any better. I, like, this is one of those games where, you know, to me, this is the most important outside of Florida State. Obviously, the Florida State game is a whole different level, but you can really show the progress you're making. And if you've if you've started to close this gap with how you perform in this game, like you said, well, no one's expecting Florida to beat Georgia except Gator fans. I mean, obviously we we expect it, but is it reality? You know, no, not really. Or we wouldn't be a 15 point dog. Vegas. You know, Vegas, if Vegas didn't know better, Vegas ain't putting out lines like that for their help because they like losing money. Um, but at the end of the day, Billy understands. We saw it with the Tennessee game, how he understood beating that rival team was such a big deal. Billy understands the concept of, of Florida, Georgia. He knows how big it is. He knows Kirby Smart. Austin Armstrong worked for Kirby Smart in 2019 so he's got vested interest in this too you know people call him oh he's the next you know up and coming next kirby smart you think that guy don't want to prove that against kirby smart (laughs) i mean there's a there's a lot of things in play here and i really look forward to seeing the level of intensity that team has when they come out at 3 30 i love the timing of the game is all like i said i don't like noon games I'm not a big fan of I like that middle of the day game. It's you got time to wake up, get energized, get that practice, you know, the walkthrough in. You're not rushed. You're fresh. You know, you don't sit around all day either, though, right. stewing on it. It's that right in the in-between where your mentals are just like, okay, I'm ready to rock. And we've seen it throughout the years. We, you know, we've seen the tone setters. And that's what I want to see. Brandon Spikes is on that sideline. Now think about this. Tell me Brandon Spikes isn't up in Shamar James' face or Scooby's face and saying, do what I did. Hit somebody. Set the tone from the get-go. Let them know that just because you're a young team that that everybody says, you know, uh, the Gators can't beat Florida. Let them know you're here. Let them know that you, you can play with them every snap of the game. And Look, man, I look forward to it. Like I said, I want to see the energy coming out in that first couple series. And you'll know real quick if this team is ready to go versus Georgia and if they understand the magnitude of the game. All right, CJ, what's your score prediction? Uh, uh, you know, it worked out pretty good last time. I picked South Carolina to beat us and we won. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm on a streak. Um, I, you know, the dogs, the dogs are going to beat us. I don't think they're going to run us out of the building. I'd take the dogs 31 21. I think I think you're low I think you're looking up at the scoreboard in the fourth quarter and it's 21 24 and and they're giving them a fight I think that's that's the hope right now you were right there on my heels I had I already had 31 23 Georgia written down that was I had that written down for the last 15 minutes sitting here going what's it gonna be and like I'm with you I think that fourth quarter I think it's gonna be still pretty tight I don't think it's gonna be a decided ball game. And I think, you know, we're going to give it all we got. I really do. Do I? It's just a matter of a young team having enough. Look, it's, it's one of those Rocky versus Creed one kind of things, man. You know, you're just going to have to be the underdog and, and, and land more punches. Can they? Yeah, they can. I've seen upsets in this game before. This isn't, Look, you know. It's Look, not, you know, they, they don't play the you know, on paper, team, we're going to lose. If the Georgia team that played paper. versus Auburn plays in this game, we can beat them. If the Georgia team that played against Kentucky shows up, we're going to have to play the best game of the entire season from snap, first snap to last snap, and spe- no special teams mistakes, no dumb penalties, all that stuff. You're going to have to play a very disciplined game. And I hope that's where the two weeks off doesn't bite us in the, in the butt that we're so hyped up, you know, that we come out like we did versus Utah and make a bunch of goofy mistakes right off the rip. The good thing is, is we're not in an opposing stadium half, you know, two thirds of the way across the country. We're right over in Jacksonville. So 
All right, guys, that's our predictions. Don't get mad at us for picking Georgia to win the ball game. We're trying to be realistic. If Wes was here, he'd pick he'd pick Gators to win because he's the hype man. He picked us to win last year. He's never going to pick us not to win because he thinks Kirby's a sucker. We know this. All right. <laughs> so that's my shout out for Wes. He's not here to say it. Beat Kirby to sucker. All right. All right, boys. It's time for week nine pick'ems. We all went pretty even last week. Her seven and three, CJ seven and three. Wes went six and four because I think he picked Penn State to win, and that and it the game was exactly what we said it was going to be, uh, boring and uninteresting. So that brings it on the year. Hirsch fifty five and twenty five, CJ fifty four and twenty six, and Wes fifty two and twenty eight. I'll have Wes mail in his picks before Saturday. Obviously, he's not here to make them, but I will write them down and I will make sure they're accurate. I will not. Um, I won't cheat and say he picked them all wrong. Yeah, Hurst. <laughs> Wes went zero and ten. Believe me, Wes don't need any help being on the downside <laughs> of the picks. All right, <clears throat> we're gonna start out there in the Big Twelve again. <laughs> Oklahoma. On the road at Kansas, we thought Oklahoma was going to shell shot UCF, and of course they played neck and neck with them until the final buzzer. CJ, who are you taking in this ball game? I still take Oklahoma. I don't know. You know, last week I think was I don't think that was indicative of what Oklahoma is. I think they're better than that. Trap game. No, I think it was probably just a letdown from the Texas game. Honestly, I yeah, no, I think like yeah, I think that's definitely real. Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Sooners on this one too. I, I can't I know it's a road game, but I think once you get popped in the mouth like that, you good teams respond and I think they're a pretty solid football team. All right. Staying in the Big Twelve, BYU travels to play at Texas. Texas not didn't look all that impressive either. It's I don't know what's going on out there. Those guys are just, you know. Same old no defense Big 12. They're going to find a real surprise when they come to the SEC when they have to start playing real defenses. Who are you taking with that as BYU travels out there? Hook them. Hook them. Hook them. Me, Texas. BYU is a pretty sound football team, but I don't, I don't think solid. They, can, they can. I don't think they can pull this one off. All right. ACC country. Those Duke Blue Devils, boy, they had them going for a few for a while there until FSU laid a dirty hit on their quarterback. Yep, I called it. Um, all right, Duke travels to Louisville. CJ, Louisville, give me Louisville. I think I think that that loss last week, and I don't I think that I was the end of the Duke run. Atlanta, I, I think I think that took all the wind out of them. And I believe Louisville was off last week as well. So, and and, I, I and think Duke's. You're right. Duke's still not going to have – I doubt their quarterback's playing. So, all right, let's travel. Let's let's have a little SEC East conversation here. This ought to be a pretty good football game on paper. Tennessee travels to the Bluegrass State to play Kentucky. After after taking a heartbreaking loss of almost at, at, at Bama. Uh, you know, I'm going to take Tennessee – just because they usually beat Kentucky. Like, that's one of the teams that they can beat for whatever reason. They, they've got a losing record in the last nine seasons of Vanderbilt. But they can beat Kentucky. I, I don't really understand it. I'm going to go with Tennessee, too, just because I don't think Kentucky's offense has enough. I don't think they can go punch to punch with them. I just really don't. And I'm not saying that, that Tennessee is this high-scoring offense, but I think they're more explosive than, than Kentucky is because Leary just, you know, if, unless that running back just has a, another career day, it's just, it's real weird. I guess they, you know, it's like they say, we really are their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. Okay. If you thought last week's Ohio State game was boring, this week, this week's out of, out of put you to sleep for sure. Ohio State at Wisconsin. <laughs> I, I mean, Wisconsin's offense is bad. Uh, Fickle's got a lot to work, lot, lot of work to do up there. Uh, those people are realizing that Graham Mertz was not their problem. 
Yeah, give me give me Ohio State by a lot. I, I don't even think it's going to be close. Yeah, I'm going with Ohio State as well, guys. I know this this slate of games is not that great, and like MJF said, it's it's really m- 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 mid. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not a good slate of football this week. It's it's really George. It's really Florida and Georgia and and everything else kind of just background noise. All right. Let's go back to the SEC and talk about two programs that are that are going south fast. The, south Carolina goes out to Aggieland to take on Texas A and M. Who are we taking in this one? Uh, give me A and M. Really? Uh, I mean, man, South Carolina is—they're rough, man. I don't know if, if how their wide receivers after they got hurt last week—they're kind of beat up. I mean. It's it ain't it ain't doing good for them. Uh, not not I don't think in college station is going to do them any favors either. You know what? I, I hate to pick Jimbo, but yeah, I think this is why I'm going to say Texas A&M is I believe their defensive line is probably the best product on the field um, with with Nolan in them, and I think off, obviously South Carolina's offensive line is so terrible. <laughs> that I mean, and their defense isn't great. I think Evan Stewart can get behind them and, and make a play. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you saw what our guys were able to do. I, I know Evan Stewart's got the talent, but like I said, South Carolina's offensive line is so terrible. Uh, it wouldn't be surprised if, if he took another six, seven sacks this week. Shane Beamer's foot's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, staying in the SEC, Mississippi State at Auburn in another battle with mid. Oh, God, these are two terrible offenses. We watched the Arkansas-Mississippi State game last week, and that thing right there, boy. Um, I'll take Auburn, and I really don't know why. I'll take Auburn because they're the home team, and I think that's (laughs) the only advantage that anybody's got in this game. I, I really don't know why. I think that there will be enough crowd noise just to make it, you know, kind of, kind of crazy for for Mississippi State. If Jordan, enough- if Jordan Harris, those folks can get up and come to the game. Jordan Harris is very respectable when it comes to stadium noise. All right, we got three Pac-12 brawls to finish All out right. the slate this week out there where anything can happen on any given Saturday. We're gonna start. Oregon State travels to Arizona. Arizona's got a pretty good little quarterback out there. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Arizona because they're at home. I, I like Oregon State a lot more when they're in Corvallis, but I'll take Arizona at home. I'm going to take Oregon State in this one. I think their defense is still good enough to get the win on this one. I Like like I said, I like Arizona's quarterback. I just don't like the rest of the team. Yeah, All right. No, I get it. Colorado and Coach Prime traveled to California to play the UCLA Bruins. Mm. And the young phenom, Dante Moore. You know what? After I got embarrassed last week, give me my doggone theme music. Coach Prime (laughs) takes the dove. Cut the bull jump. Give me one of them wings. Cut <laughs> the bullet junk. Give me one of them wings. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I think Colorado can pull this one off too. I think they've got. I think they'll out out offense UCLA. Um, they're gonna have to. I mean, they don't play defense. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Travis Hunter can't. He's gonna like a basketball all, score when we get. Travis Hunter <laughs> can't play all eleven positions. Well, I, I think. Colorado can score more than enough points, and UCLA won't be able to stay with them with a freshman at quarterback. That's just kind of my take on that. All right, here's the heavyweight matchup of, of the week. Once again, Oregon finds their way into the top game of the week against those pesky Utah Utes that knocked off old USC. Utah, man, not looking like a bad loss more and more as time goes yeah. by. Bryson Barnes is finding his footing. You know what? Give me the Utes. Give me the damn Utes. I take the Utes again. I think they upset Oregon. I, I mean, I could totally see this game, Oregon totally winning this thing, but give me the Utes, man. In, in their place, um, that defense, Kyle Whittingham, I mean, I think I think they could pull it off. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm going to do it again. I'm, I asked for trouble. I'm going to take 
Bo Nix or Borgon, as I like to call it. Um, <laughs> um, I, I hate picking against Utah because I need Utah to win, make our daggum schedule, you know, look even better. But no, I think Oregon pulls this one out. I, I think Utah used up a lot of their uh, their credit last week to get that win against Caleb Williams and company. But hey. Without you know, without their starting quarterback, who's who they declared now is not even going to play this year. <laughs> you know, it's it's been a wild season for Utah to be as be as good as they are. And like I said, that opening week loss don't look near as bad now as we thought it did at first. <laughs> Considering we were right in that game, if you take away a couple of the gaffes that we had there, but you can't do it. It is what it is. We move on. That's our picks for the week, guys. Your picks may be different. Your picks might be the same. But, hey, you know, don't place no money on it. Promise. (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode, man. We appreciate you all coming, hanging out, listening to our breakdown of Florida Georgia Week, listening to us go on and ramble about LJ McCray. It's been a pretty daggum good week for the Florida Gators. Hopefully it continues on into the weekend. Hopefully we uh the boys go down there and, and do us do us all proud and themselves proud. Win, lose, or draw. No draws, but you know, whatever happens, guys, let's let's just be civil about it, man. I know if you look at it, it hurts. If we lose to Georgia, it sucks. If we win, it'll be even sweeter to be the team that maybe knocks off the number one, then maybe Florida State or somebody rises up and we can beat them at the end of the season. That's right. We're going to beat the number one team twice. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Billy. <laughs> nah, uh, let's, let's baby steps, guys. Baby steps. You know what? Uh, we've seen progress. Like I said, I just want a fun, entertaining game. I want to see us compete with the number one team and see that we are on schedule to what we think this team is supposed to be. So that being said, guys, CJ, you got anything before we leave? No, nope, just thank you guys so much. Uh, before you know we leave out of here just uh make sure you're supporting our friends at alma mater they got the blackout game coming up against arkansas are you going to be there for that they're selling a lot of the black t-shirts black hats stuff like that to get your gear before you go into the game everybody's you know being asked to wear it so wear black at a noon game do your part i mean it it can't it's november how hot could it be right (laughs) but uh no uh just thank you guys so much for uh supporting the youtube channel the facebook the twitter um, keep keep doing that. You know, leave your comments below. Give your score predictions. Uh, talk about the Florida Georgia game down below. Keep it civil though, please. Uh, you know, um, just thank you so much again for interacting with us. Thank you so much for getting the uh, the subscriber count over three thousand on I YouTube. Meant to mention that at the beginning. Thank you. Three thousand. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. We've grown so much in just a little over a year now. Um, doing the respect our decision show on youtube you guys have done a great job with that get us three thousand subscribers that fast uh, we're going to try to get another three thousand you guys are supporting us and we really appreciate you uh, a lot of this wouldn't be possible without you so thank you so much for that um and wes isn't here so make sure you guys uh you know support our veterans we're going to be talking a lot about the veterans veterans day stuff next week because that's why we're playing the game that's why we're wearing the black jerseys and stuff so i'm sure we're going to talk a little more about that next week but uh, thank you guys so much uh, for everything you do. We really, really appreciate you. Yes, sir. We will definitely be talking about the uh, the veterans next week because we know that's what the black jerseys are for, guys. Don't lose sight of that. De- de- regardless of what your take is on black uniforms, we should wear them. We shouldn't wear them. I don't like the way they look. Why is it a noon game? All, all val- you know, hey, those are all valid in, in one way or another. I mean, that's your opinion, and you're more than welcome to have it. But remember at the end of the day that this is for the veterans and those jerseys are going to be auctioned off after the game with the proceeds going to to veterans. So at the end of the day, that is is more important than how we feel about, you know, the the, the black jerseys. So, guys, thank you as always. We love you guys. Have a great, safe weekend wherever you're being. If you're going to be in Jacksonville, be safe. Don't drink too much too early. You know all the you know how the rules go. And if you're going to be at home, man, just hang out, be safe, enjoy your loved ones, enjoy the game. And as always, go Gators. To hell with Georgia. Go Gators. My God, he ended that. He was vicious.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.